From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Monday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive Monday edition. Joe McLean here. It is so good to be with you. I, I'm very excited about today's show. We've got a jam-packed program today. I hope your, your Father's Day weekend was great. I hope you had a a nice and relaxing time with family and friends. I hope you a peace in your life. I pray for you uh, every single day. We include you as my, my family prayers every night in our Holy Rosary. But there is a lot to discuss today. And again, it could be a very difficult conversation to have. I want to talk about being unequally yoked today. Unequally yoked, it's a, a verse that comes from St. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, in regards to marriage. You know, being unequally yoked in marriage, but as a body of Christ, being unequally yoked to organizations that not only don't share our view of natural law, uh, murdering people, for instance, uh, but also don't share our faith at all. And uh, should we be yoked with these organizations, even if they, they seem to have a good cause? So I want to discuss that. Very difficult conversation today. Uh, but also on the program, our intern has decided to return. Uh, you know, the life of an intern is is all roller coaster. It's up, it's down. Uh, Adrian Fonseca, welcome back to the program. I'm not sure what you were doing last week. Yeah, I was uh, spending all the the money I get from uh, my unpaid internship. <laughs> all, all, all in one place. All uh, in one place. All uh, in one place. No, uh, I was with a friend. We were driving through West Texas. Uh, we stopped at Waco to go see the. Uh, Texas Ranger Museum Woo! and uh, floated down a river. We were, it's pretty great. So just spending some time with some friends before I uh, leave. Well, praise Jesus. We'll be discussing more of that on today's show with Adrian. He is going to be departing the program. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like a wise move to leave something so so grand as an unpaid internship to so uh, lucrative to pursue a, a holy vocation in the Dominicans. But we'll we'll discuss the pursuit of God's will for our life as a solution to the crisis in our world today. Uh, and it, there is a crisis, and if you don't think there's a crisis, well, it's time to. It's time to take a fresh look at things. We're going to be having that conversation today. I'm especially fired up at at seeing uh, the statue of St. Hanipero Serra torn down, and uh, Columbus, too. But that's not the first Columbus statue to get ripped down. But uh, St. Hanipero Serra, both in San Francisco and in L.A., got ripped down over the weekend. And it just broke my heart to see it. It really, really did. And I want to discuss that with you today. So we have so much to dive into. Let's sit back, let's pray, and then we'll jump into the headline news with Tim Mott. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, remember... O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Tim Mott. Good morning. Here are your GRN headlines for Monday, June 22nd. Total COVID-19 cases worldwide stand at 8.99 million, with the total COVID-19 deaths at 468,000. The recoveries are at 4.36 million. 
As the curve of infections in the United States begins to bulge again after flattening in the spring, the Trump administration tried to reset expectations about its efforts to contain the coronavirus and acknowledged that there would most likely be another wave of cases this fall. Nationwide, cases have risen 15% over the past two weeks, with the most significant increases reported in the South, West, and Midwest. Around the country, protesters and rioters this week have pulled down statues of historic figures. While some protests have torn down the statues of Confederate figures as part of a call to end systemic racism, other statues have also been torn down from prominent locations, including one of George Washington. A prominent statue of Theodore Roosevelt will be removed from the entrance of the American Museum of Natural History in New York City after years of objections that it symbolizes colonial expansion and racial discrimination, officials including Mayor Bill de Blasio announced. A statue of Catholic missionary St. Junipero Serra was toppled in a San Francisco park Friday along with statues of Francis Scott Key and Ulysses S. Grant. The statues were torn down Friday evening from Golden Gate Park by a group of about 100 people. Critics have lambasted Serra as a symbol of European colonialism and said that missions engaged in the forced labor of Native Americans, sometimes claiming Blessed Serra himself was abusive. But Serra's defenders say that Serra was actually an advocate for Native people and a champion of human rights. Archbishop Cordelione of San Francisco said Friday that important protests over racial injustice have been, quote, hijacked by a mob bent on violence. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI will return to Rome and the Vatican on Monday, according to the Diocese of Regensburg. The former pope has been in Bavaria since June 18th. He flew there from Rome to see his 96-year-old brother, Monsignor Georg Ratzinger, who is in poor health. Pope Francis has approved the inclusion of three additional invocations in the Litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary, also known as the Litany of Loretto. In a June 20th letter to the Presidents of Bishops' Conferences, Cardinal Robert Seurat, Prefect of the Congregation of the, for the Divine Liturgy and the Discipline of the Sacraments, said that the invocations Mater Misericordiae, Mother of Mercy, Mater Spei, Mother of Hope, and Solatium Migrantium, Comfort, Comfort of Migrants, should be inserted into the Marian Litany. And those are your GRN headlines for Monday, June 22nd. Uh, St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More, whose feast day to, are today, you know, t- incredible stories, worthy of uh, a good effort to tell their stories today, but I, I can't. And today I have to tell the story of St. Junipero Serra, because as uh, Tim mentioned, I am one of his defenders, and I'm happy to do so today. But we should also remember the feast day of St. John Fisher, one of, uh, I guess, the only bishop in England at the time who had the courage the courage, the paternal courage, the fatherhood to stand up for truth because truth matters. In a world that wants to go sideways and invent their own truth, <clears throat> St. John Fisher decided to stand up for it, and it cost him his life. And he that's why we remember him. We don't remember the others. Uh, St. Thomas More, again, a family man, uh, had an opportunity to save his neck, save his skin, enjoy his wealth and his property and his family, but decided truth mattered. Because truth is a person, Jesus Christ, and he lost his life. And that is why we remember him, <clears throat> and not the others. But St. Hanepero Serra, somebody who's being hijacked, uh, you know, over the weekend, I just watching the video <clears throat> of these, of this crowd tearing down the statue of St. Hanepero Serra, or even Columbus, because of what they think it represents. Iconoclasm, essentially. And to see they're, they're cheering and they're just their, um, Jubilation over the whole thing is really disturbing. St. Santa Parcera, in a time when on the opposite side of our country, where George Washington was fighting a revolution uh, to uh, to free the colonies from England, from King George, for what he saw as oppression, you know, George Washington was a, a slaveholder. 
In fact, he left it in his will that the slaves could not be freed until his wife had, had long since died. And yet on the opposite side of this continent, St. Hanepero Serra walked hundreds of miles into his 60s and 70s in order to care for uh, the native peoples. Now you could say what he was oppressive. Well, is that true? You know, there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of violence going on. There was a lot of abuses of native peoples at the time. But do you know why Spain actually uh, funded the Franciscans at all? Well, one, the Jesuits had been uh, had been uh, suppressed. The Spanish kingdom cast the Jesuits out, as did others. And uh, and so the Franciscans were able to come in. And Hanipero Serra had a great life. He was a doctorate. He was a professor. He he uh, the, he possessed the Don Scotus chair. And he, he had everything he needed. But you know what he wanted most? To preach the gospel to the world, like St. Paul. Why? Because he believed it. He believed it when the Lord said, Go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He believed the words of Jesus. He didn't think they were symbolic or a nice thing to say or a good hallmark card. He actually believed the Lord desired all souls to come to a salvation, to come to a knowledge of the truth, as St. Paul would say. And so when he was given the opportunity to leave behind his cushy job, he took it. And he made the difficult journey all across the ocean to New Spain, which is now Mexico. Many people died on the voyage. And when he gets there, guess what happens? He gets bit by some insect, some creature, I have no idea, and it maims him for the rest of his life because he didn't treat it. He walks everywhere, hundreds and hundreds of miles. And when he comes across native peoples, you know what he does? He gets on his, his hands and knees and he tries to wash their feet out of humility, for the very people that he felt called to bring the good news to. He spent 16 years uh, evangelizing and working with native peoples in the mountains just north of Mexico City. 16 years learning their languages, living next to them, walking with them, before he was asked to go to uh, California. You don't want to know why Spain wanted to be in California? Because the Russians were coming down, all the way down as far as San Francisco. So he was well into his 50s when he was sent to Baja to learn even more languages and encounter even new tribes. And he went willingly. And when they crossed over into what is now modern-day uh, California, America, he got, he got down and he kissed the ground as being holy and sacred because he was the first to bring the good news to these people. You want to know why? Because paganism is bad. How could you say that, Joe? Since the fall of mankind, we have been suffering from paganism. Read the Bible. If you go back and look at the Old Testament, read the Exodus account. The ten plagues on Egypt is ten gods from Egypt being slain by the one true God. It is God the Father bringing back all of his children, not just the Israelites, but all of his children back into the body. That is the progression of the covenants in the Old Testament till you get to Jesus Christ. And when he sends his twelve, it is to bring the good news to a world that is lost and dark, to bring them light and truth. It is hard, it is painful, and it is difficult, but it is worthy because life on planet Earth is a flash in the pan, and eternity is just that. It is eternity, and there is a hell, and people do choose to go there. And Hanipero Serra loved these strangers so much that he was willing to endure all hardship, all suffering, in order to bring them the choicest wine possible, the Holy Eucharist, through baptism 
and the church is teaching, bringing them in as as uh, converts to the church. And he labored and labored and labored. And when the Spanish military became abusive of the people, you know what Hanipero Serra did? He walked all the way back to Mexico to have a meeting with the governor and to beg the governor to remove the military from his missions so that the abuses would stop. And he was successful. And when the native uh, men uh, had an uprising within one of his missions and murdered a Franciscan friar, you know what Hanipero Serra did? He interceded on the murderer's behalf so that he would not be executed so he could avoid the death penalty. Does this sound like somebody who oppresses people? Oh, but Joe, you don't understand. The mission system was rough on on the native peoples. First of all, it was free. They never compelled anyone to receive baptism. But once you chose and you spent a lot of time, I know today, modern man and our modern moral ideals, we think uh, we think the way uh, our our parish life experiences. We show up to the office, we say we want to become Catholic, we go to RCIA for you know six or seven weeks or something like that, and then we get uh, brought into the church and voila, bam, there you go. Not so, not so with Hanipero Serra. They spent a very protracted long time discerning before they were even baptized. And once they were baptized, that changed everything. They were Christians at that point. And so the relationship changed and penance changed for them too. Unbaptized Indians, they weren't, they didn't have the same penitential rules as baptized uh, natives did. The Franciscans flogged themselves. So when uh, when you read accounts of Franciscans uh, choosing to flog the baptized Indians, we think, oh, that's horrific. You know, you go to confession today. Okay, uh, for your for your penance, can you say a half a hail Mary? Uh, Father, did you not hear my confession? We've lost the sense of penance. Uh, uh, Saint Jose Maria Escrivá flogged himself. Saint Padre Pio flogged himself. Many of the greatest saints in our church did self-penance in a way that would probably make your stomach turn. Why did they do it? To unite themselves to the suffering of our Lord, scourged before he was hung on a cross to die for your sins. And on Father's Day weekend, where were the fathers? Where was the courageous witness to defend our faith against a mob and their mob rule and their mob violence, unequally yoked. We really must pay attention to this. We must have love for all souls. Why? Because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And God desires all human beings, no matter the color of their skin or where they were born on planet Earth, He desires every single one of His precious children to come to a knowledge of salvation. And He has sent His church, the sacrament of salvation on planet Earth, to proclaim that message. And St. Hanipero Serra gave His life for that message, out of love for souls, zeal for souls, and we tear them down, and the and at best we write a letter, lamenting the whole thing. These are difficult times. These are difficult times. Saint Hinepera Sarah would not have just written a letter. In the rebellion in his in one of his missions, he visited. He went. He made himself present. To calm, calm the, calm the whole situation and to intercede for those who are guilty. What have we done? Stayed in the comfort. Stayed behind, uh, closed doors and walls and we write letters and eloquent statements. These are difficult days. Saint Hennepera Sarah, pray for us. 
With that, uh, I want to introduce uh, St. Ther- Teresa. I'm promoting you. You do that every week. Promoting I've noticed you. that. I was like, my it's, confessor would not agree with that. No, I, w- I was going to say, that. is that a Freudian slip? But Freudian is an atheist. No, that wouldn't work. He rejected the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. So, uh, he has. That's so, uh, uh, a saint one. slip. We'll call it that. A saint <laughs> slip. But you're called to be a saint. I am called to be a saint. We all are called to be saints. But but it's it's interesting, like, having so many St. Teresas growing up with Mother Teresa and St. Teresa of Avila and St. Teresa of Lisieux. Like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to be named along with so many beautiful women who who loved our Lord so much. Amen. And who are actually doctors of the church. So... All the, um, all the more reason to name our children after the saints. After the saints. I highly recommend that. Um, and so... You know what you're talking about with Saint uh, Saint Unipero Sarah is is really important right now because um, one of the things that I've realized over this past week is how much I had just appreciated the fact that everybody else knows history. Like I was around a lot of people who loved history, and so just seeing it destroyed. And then I um, also saw an article this yesterday um, that said, "Are these 21 historical figures actually real?" And immediately I thought, "Oh no, if they're just." Destroying the evidence, even if we don't like what they did, you know, like this is now there's a denial of people like William Shakespeare, you know, like what? Well, well, hold on. Was he real? (laughs) Was he real? Yes, he was real. Come on. at two brute. And, and what's funny is like you can say, oh well, so and so helped them, or so and so ghostwriter. Okay, yeah. look, <laughs> every president has a ghostwriter. Every, exception. you know, it, yeah. so it's it, there's no there's no way around the fact that it's very important right now for us to be teaching the history yeah. uh, of our nation to our children and and not to rely on the school system or on um, political factions I gotta to be able tell to you, teach that. You know, I, I, history was always my favorite. Subject. Subject. You know, my favorite school teacher ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy who remembers her name. I'm just not that, you know. I remember you the remember, name, I just don't remember the you know, history. It's like <laughs> people who are like, you remember my second grade teacher, third period, Mrs. Brown? Like, I'm not that person. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. But I can see her face in my mind. She was a uh, 10th grade history te- uh, teacher, world history. I was history student of the year that year for, for the school. I've always just loved history. But I got to tell you, when I was producing my film documentary and I started doing all this research on the Civil War, I learned so many things that I never knew, mm-hmm. that were never taught to me. Uh, both in high school or in college. Uh, about the Civil War in particular. Well, and things like the fact that it, it was actually about states' rights and the states' rights versus the federal government. And there's a lot of arguments about that now. Um, and it's used as precedent for enforcing federal law in certain circumstances against the states. And so um, while while I am 100% against slavery... And I racism. Think and racism. I am 100% against those. But at the same time, I think what we're seeing now is this, oh, we want to abolish this terrible idea and so they are reaching way beyond well, way beyond those issues and attacking people who mm-hmm. actually would have stood with them exactly. who would have peacefully been able to guide them and they're denying you know they're they're denying the very people who who stood up for them and so it's it's very frustrating right now to see all these groups that are hijacking you know what could be a very good movement 
right now. So I titled today's show Unequally Yoked uh, from St. Paul in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Uh, for that very point that you just mentioned, uh, groups that are hijacking and it, the oversimplification, destroying uh, Christopher Columbus because of what uh, they learned in school or some uh, professor who wants to rewrite history teaches them. I mean, we were discussing this before the show started and Adrian brought up a few points that I didn't even know. Uh, but I knew that, uh, that uh, Christopher Christopher Columbus was a very devout Catholic. Mm-hmm. I didn't and, know that. And he actually was taken in chains back to Spain because he stood up to the uh, fat cat nobles who wanted to, uh, who did want to abuse the people in order to get gain. He defended the natives and he was arrested and brought back to Spain for it. And uh, he was a third order Franciscan. Which I did not de- know until this morning. <laughs> he was very devout. But what I didn't know, and Adrian pointed out, was that he gave his gold, whatever gold he had, he gave it in order to bring, to reconquer the Holy Land for the Christians, mm-hmm. like and to protect yeah, the Holy Land. Exactly. So it's like rewriting history. We've we oversimplify the issues. That's the argument. Is we we have these groups are oversimplifying. So Saint Hanipero Serra gets uh, gets lumped into the same basket as anybody who wore a habit and abused someone else, or. How about a military uniform conquistadors who abused someone else? So they get all treated with this big general wide brush. Imagine if I treated every citizen of Mexico as if they were members of cartel. That'd be horrible. I mean, cartels are so evil, wrong. evil right. organizations, yes. diabolic, yes. satanic-fueled evil organizations. Should we treat every Mexican citizen that way? Absolutely not. That would be ridiculous and wrong. And yet we see groups that are oversimplifying and just painting with this massive white brush based on too little information that they even had to begin with. And, you know, like, for instance, I this weekend, I decided to look up Black Lives Matter. Now, do Black Lives Matter? Yes, Absolutely. All people matter. But, but, know, but, but and it finish. doesn't require us to even say it. They just do, but whether there, we say it or not. There's a difference between between desiring to be in solidarity with a group of human beings made in the image and likeness of God who have, have been oppressed or have not, have not had the, the kind of justice that they deserve. There's a difference between that and standing in solidarity with the organization mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. These aren't the same thing. And we're seeing this intentional mixing and matching, and it's not right. If you go to their website, and I did, under What We Believe, uh, the, the, it's very telling there. For instance, we make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate in LEAD. Okay, so you're saying you don't, you don't discriminate. Great. It goes on to say, quote, we are self-reflective and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women, who continue to be disproportionately impacted uh, by trans antagonistic violence. They, they actually say in their document here, we are guided by the fact that, quote, all black lives matter. Unquote. Do they? Which is very much against the black community. If you ask anybody, if you just talk to the average African American that's from America, or even if you, someone who has migrated over from, from an African country, they are not going to be super excited about transgender culture at all. How about the women? Planned Parenthood and the, no, and, and absolutely. abortion. Uh, I mean, over 30%, over 30% of the babies that are aborted are African American while the, while the population is only about 16%. And so you have this huge disproportion where Margaret Sanger actually said that she wanted to get rid of 
of human weeds and yeah. included Negroes, Negro, where she used that word. Her words, among, not ours. Exactly. Among that. And she actually was so, in her, in her memoirs, she actually, um, bragged about the fact that she got to talk to a women's version of the KKK, a women's KKK group, and was invited to over a dozen more groups after giving that speech in New Jersey. Yeah. And so we have this, you know, person who was super involved in racist eugenics, and yet she's being promoted among the African, I mean, among two African Americans by people who would destroy them. Yes, it is and not so right. And so it's very important for us to keep in mind, like, keep our head above the stress and look into and the details. Look into what are well, you promoting? Their website goes on to say, quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. It goes on to say, quote, we foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that in all the world are heterosexuals. I mean, it just... you read it for yourself. Go look it for yourself. I just went to the website and went to what we believe and I started reading. And it is, it's shocking. Why? Because you could say again, I'll repeat, there's a difference between saying that people of color who have been, uh, who have not received the kind of justice they deserve, the dignity they reserve, uh, deserve as being made in the image and likeness of God. We can stand with that. We can agree to that. But you can't stand. You are unequally yoked by an organization that wants to, uh, circumvent and manipulate people. Uh, based on too little information, when you dive into their th- their their philosophy, their thinking, we can't agree to that. That is a violation of uh, of, of, of natural law. It is a violation of our uh, divinely uh, revealed truth that given to us by Jesus Christ and handed down by His apostles. You know, my wife for Father's Day bought me this incredible, more very complicated book called the Roman Catholic Daily Missal, 1962, because we're we're uh, going to the extraordinary for mass and on page 27 it lists uh the sins crying out to heaven for vengeance so pop quiz pop quiz can you list the sins crying out to heaven for for vengeance adrian fonseca easy peasy uh the depriving a a workers uh, of his wages depriving a worker of his wages is a sin that cries out to god for vengeance yay and amen Awesome. What the else? Sin against so- the sin of sodomy? The sin of Sodom? What do you know? Mm-hmm. Right there. It is a sin that cries out uh, to God for vengeance. Read Romans chapter 1. Read St. Paul. Read what he says. To uh, to give over the natural for the unnatural is a sin that cries out to God for vengeance. And that is a clear uh, philosophy of this organization. And so as Catholics, we must, we must separate ourselves from the idea that we must stand for the dignity of the human person. And an organization that has a political, ideological agenda that is not in keeping with natural law and our faith. Okay, what, what else do you got there? Uh, oppression Adrian? of the poor. Oppression of the poor. And what you got for Black Lives Matter for oppression of the poor? Willful murder. Willful murder. Willful murder. And by the way, so uh, I watched a video, uh, I think Daily Wire put it out, uh, and uh, Amy uh, Army Horowitz went into CHOP or CHAZ, depends on uh, which 
which anarchist you uh, you listen to. Now, CHOP is a brand new acronym for this four to six block radio uh, section of Seattle, downtown Seattle. They called it, they renamed it CHOP. I don't honestly remember what that stands for. You could look it up. But the guy who announced it on a bullhorn in the middle of the night said, uh, do you remember the French Revolution? Do you remember what happens to those who didn't get with the revolution? They got their heads chopped off. Those were his words. And in uh, in this section, the Army Horowitz did this little video. So he went around interviewing people, and he interviewed one of the leaders there from Black Lives Matter, Jaden Grayson. And she said she, she's going to – the idea is to tear it down, tear down society, destroy it so they can build it up again. Um, that is very troubling. What's confusing very to me is they don't seem to have an action plan on how they're going to build it up again. Well, she wants the Seattle Police Department to turn in every single badge. But, but what are they going to do in order to maintain order? I mean, what I've been reading about is a guy is walking around with a baseball bat. And it's like, okay, oh, he doesn't have that. a bunt. There's does, plenty. And there's, a, and there's gang activity. There's so, plenty of video out there. You can see it for yourself. Armed at nighttime, armed guys with uh, AR-15s are roaming the place oh, wow. uh, with tight security and, uh, and, uh, and hurting people. There were two people shot over the weekend. One died. When the first responders tried to render aid, uh, they were blocked by uh, rioters and not allowed to render aid. Uh, to one of the victims. Um, and it wasn't police-involved shooting. That was themselves. That was them. uh, and there's plenty of video out there of people who've gone in at night out of just pure curiosity. What is this like? I watched a video over the weekend on uh, American Uncensored, a channel we interviewed the host of that show a few uh, about a month ago or so or whatever. And... Uh, and he interviewed this person who was attacked because he was filming at night these armed guys uh, in in Chaz, in Chop. And uh, they chased him. They beat him, and then they chased him down the road. And they actually pursued him outside of this district. They pursued him out further. I just don't see how they think they're going to maintain order with that kind of infa- well, enforcement. Well, the thing is, they're not trying to maintain trying order. To. They don't want order. It's a spirit of disorder. It's a spirit of chaos. They're against God, and we need a return to order is what we need. Um, and so it's just, it's simply, that's what it is. It's, they, they are just trying to foster a, uh, revolution, which is intrinsically, uh, chaotic in nature. Yes. But that's so different than, you know, of course, the American founders, where they're coming over for religious freedom. They did fire shots in order to protect that freedom. But the thing is, they had a set understanding all the way through of the philosophers and understanding of how, of the Bible and understanding of how to actually create a government based on previous, uh, you know, previous experience previous history and right. rather than just we're just not going we're going to reject all law and authority yeah and right. then there's just so, nothing like so there's, there's the other no way thing, to grow the other thing i want to quote from is i was given a copy and if you're hanging out with us on uh facebook youtube or twitter hey thanks for doing that at grn online you can find us on any one of those platforms we are live uh we will be live in the after show until 9:30 as well but i'm handing i'm holding in my in my hand a copy of uh of a document that was given to me by an anonymous source at a law enforcement agency um it is the antifa manual it is the 2017 version so i imagine the newer versions are more updated and sophisticated but in this 2017 version that law enforcement got their hands on it says uh, some incredible things that we must pay attention to now i remember reading this B- the blm document on the website which we've linked to by the way you can just go to blm's website go to what we believe you'll read it for yourself uh they talk about the cis male and the privileges of the cis white male that seems to be in 
particular their 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 target is destroying uh, white privilege among cis so cis meaning straight a straight heterosexual nuclear family uh, type of uh, uh, pat you know paternal role model that kind of thing that is what they're trying to destroy in society. Well, what's interesting in this Antifa document uh, in the 2017 Antifa manual in the big on the cover it says. Do not quote, do not distribute to any cis white males, non POC, which means people of color, non LGBTQ peoples, aka fascists. So if you are a cis white male, which I am, then I am a fascist by default according to this manual and according to BLM's uh, literature. I think I'm a little bit more extreme than you are, Joe, because I wouldn't even call you cis. Like, I'm not even willing to go with that terminology any more than I would go with whatever all the other, you know, 50 little, you know, nuances are. You piqued my curiosity. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not willing to go along with it. There's a man and there's a woman and that's it. And you happen to be a man and if, and if someone wants to designate that you have, and you're an American white male, then that's fine. But the rest of it? With more than two children at that. <laughs> I, no, I, I agree with Risa because I think we we cede language to the left and, Absolutely. and we cannot do that because language has meaning. I was being and facetious. Right. Well, I'm for our audience, I think it's very important for us not only to look at our history but also to look at our language because they want to change the vocabulary. Yes. And that is going to, so whenever, like for example, whenever we say life begins at conception, some textbooks now in schools are saying, oh, conception is actually an implantation whenever the baby implants inside of you. That's not real. You're changing the definition, and and cis goes just along with so that. So let me opinion. let me just quote a couple of gems from this uh, dot this Antifa document that I received from an anonymous source in law enforcement. It talks uh, repeatedly about white privilege, the cis white male power structure, controlled the media and disbursement of information for literally thousands of years. As according to the document, uh, I guess we'd have to ignore the fact that uh, you know the the Egypt was not cis white and they pretty much rule the ancient kingdoms but okay we'll just ignore all the truth and the facts and the matter we'll just read this document it goes on to say it wants to create a culture of tolerance and it wants a new world order it says quote on uh, page i guess this is page three of the document we must first eliminate all forms of hate speech Sounds like a very good thing to do, right? You would think that that could be good. It goes on to say, quote, every idea critical of our movement or our way of thinking must be condemned as racist, homophobic, misogynist, etc. Unquote. It goes on to say, quote, there are pictures of dead babies who have washed ashore onto beaches. This is in this is in the section on crashing the borders and leveraging these images for promoting uh, immigration across Europe and in America. It goes, well, let me finish this. It says, quote, use imagery such as this to get support for expanding the POC people of color, minority population in the United States. Never call any immigrant illegal. Obviously, they are undocumented. It doesn't matter whether they came here to smuggle drugs or if they were brought here by their parents at a young age. Migrants from Mexico and South America will play a crucial role in Antifa's activities in the next 100 years. By 2117, so by 2117, 100 years from now, our goal is to have 70% of the U.S. population non-white. Uh, so uh, a couple of the quotes here, then we'll comment it, comment about it. Quote, use social media as a baton, a baton to slap down anyone who holds fascist viewpoints. Call them racist, homophobic, misogynistic, 
create an echo chamber around you. Uh, moving on to uh, believe the way we do or you will be fired. A great section of the document, by the way. That sounds very unhandled. Uh, it, it says, quote, the next crucial step is to threaten the livelihoods of anyone who dares speak out against our agenda. And it, wow. it, more conversation about the cis white male. Uh, in the speeding up the progress section, it says, quote, it's important to make abortion on demand and without apology overwhelmingly available in predominantly white communities, which is completely opposite of what it is today, by the way. Uh, it's, it's all in, uh, in, in minority communities for the most part. It goes on to say, quote, we must lower the bar to access birth control in these communities and use media to promulgate the image of childless white people as being sexy. In other words, having the nice home, the nice car, the vacation, the toys, the boats, the the uh, SUVs, the uh, all of the all of the accoutrements of a of a self-centered consumerist society. I can't see that happening at all. You know, I just don't see it. Joe, the, uh, can I read to you something that Fulton Sheen wrote um, way back when? He wrote an essay on uh, tolerance, and I think it goes straight to what you're talking about. May I read that to you? Please. Awesome. So uh, Fulton Sheen, he wrote, and I'll just read you the first uh, couple sentences, and then I would encourage you to go look it up and read the whole essay. But he says, uh, America, it is said, is suffering from intolerance. It is not. It is suffering from tolerance. Tolerance of right and wrong, truth and error, virtue and evil, Christ and chaos. Our country is not nearly so overrun with the bigoted as it is overrun with the broad-minded. And so that that's what he said, and then he yeah. goes on for a whole uh, essay on this whole idea of tolerance, and he's saying how this is a case for intolerance, that we cannot tolerate chaos, we cannot tolerate evil and uh, falsity. Um, yeah. And this is what they're calling for. They're calling for tolerance of these things. Well, in this document, it calls for microchipping everybody. Uh, that's interesting, right? Uh, who do we, well, it was Bill Gates that also called for that. That's right. Uh, and then it goes on to say, quote, always shout down fascist opponents disrupt their speeches counter rally their rallies force the media to show our side as the righteous one that it is well part of that is because they're totally ignoring the fact that there is a realistic truth there is a realistic situation where there the family is the nucleus of society and whenever you destroy the family you are just creating chaos and that Everything that you read right there just screamed like, let's create chaos. I mean, they're, they're denying the ability to be able to have a normal conversation, like to be able to, cause if you're out, if you're just shouting out your opponent, you're not even explaining them away. I mean, that's one of the great things about Thomistic, um, studies is you get the chance to look at your opponent's argument and then you look at why it's wrong from a rational standpoint. You get yeah. a chance to use your brain and you can look at, like the fact that they are specifically targeting white males and that they have, you know, this concept of, oh, well, you're white. Well, okay, well, how is that not racist? How is just the fact that someone has color? Maybe they're helping you. And I remember hearing um, this one, and this is kind of switching gears a little bit, but I really think the answer is going to be in giving, you know, 
the people of color perhaps more focus on the education level as far as the ability to read. The literacy rate is a huge issue. Fatherlessness rate. Fatherlessness rate is a huge issue. You know, so how do we help them to have that foundation? Because if they don't have a father in their life and you tell them that the father is what they need, they have this gap in their heart and in their soul that's just like crying out and, and it's a loss. And they're just like, well, so what? You don't think I'm able to live life normally because I don't have a dad? You know, and so you have this ability to to reach out to them and help them to build yeah. that society at this point. But we can't just say, oh, well, you know what? You're doing good enough. Yeah. And that's fine enough. And, you know, we'll just help you stay the way you are. And it's none of my business. Like, that's not OK anymore. There, there, it, that's not OK anymore. I hate to tell you this. Taking a knee won't be good enough for them. No, that's not nearly Washing good enough. Washing their feet in public won't, be good, won't be good enough for them. They want more. And uh, if you go look at that Army Horowitz video at Daily Wire with Jaden Grayson, she makes it very clear. She looks straight into the camera, straight, straight, straight. She wants to tear everything down. That is their goal. I read it to you. This is their goal. We can't be, we are unequally yoked with these organizations. And you know, I read an, ar- I read an article. We need to go to break here in a minute, but I read an article from the Ponto Institute. That uh, made my stomach turn about how much funding, money that the uh, has come out of the capital campaign for human development at the USC, USCCB to organizations like the New Orleans Workers Center for Racial Justice. They received one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I think, over the last three years, including a fifty thousand dollar grant this past year. And uh, they were shouting death to the racist pigs in regards to police in a uh, in a riot in a in a march, uh, shouting down police. They're not the only ones. There's a whole list of them in this article at Lepanto Institute. We'll link to it. Uh, I have I have it here in front of me. We'll link to it on our live video feed on Facebook.com. But you can go to Lepanto Institute and find the uh, the article. It's called U.S. Bishops Agency Funds Groups Calling for the Killing of Cops, Rebellion, and Rioting. And this, it'll make your stomach turn to go down this list. And why do we say it? Because we want to stir up trouble? No. 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 Because Father's Day... You know, uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I have defended the Catholic faith against Protestants who do not fully understand sacred scripture. Or when they've asked, well, how can you call your priest father when Matthew 23 says, call no man father? I cannot tell you how many times I've had to stand on my ground to defend this faith against what they misunderstand. You know why? You know why Jesus says that? Because they don't deserve fatherhood. Because only a father, a true father, leads people to the Father in Heaven. And if you're not leading people to the Father in Heaven, you got no business with the title. They're tearing down your statues. They're coming to attack your parishes and your faith. And they are wanting to destroy the society. And the battleground is over the family. As St. Lucia, or no, she's not a saint yet, but she ought to be. Sister Lucia has told us, she warned us in some of her final words to the world before she died, that the final battle would be over the family. Fathers, bishops, priests, it's time for heroic courage. The time for go along to get along, hope it all works out, have a worldly perspective and a worldly solution to our our problems is not going to cut it. You have the power of heroic courage at your disposal if you'll just tap into it. The sacraments and the sacramentals are the answer. We're going to go to break and we're going to talk about that as we wrap up our show today about being unequally yoked. It's a difficult conversation, and if you can't tell, I'm fired up because we're watching the dismantling 
around us. And we've stood by, we watched the society get to this point, and we did nothing. We went along, we hoped that all would all work out. St. Sarah had courageous, heroic, supernatural faith. We need to do the same. St. Sarah, pray for us. Christopher Columbus loved people. Maybe not perfectly, but he loved them. And he gave his gold in pursuit of the church and her, her desire to evangelize souls all over the world. And we're seeing that dismantled around us. And when we come back, we'll talk about the solution. There's hope. There's still hope. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here. Jaren Alive. You're listening to GRN Alive. Now is a great time to call. 877-757-9424. Have you seen it yet? Hi, Joe McLean here. I'm talking about the brand new GRNOnline.com website. It is really cool, and I can't wait for you to see this. Just visit GRNOnline.com. Make sure you say yes to knowing your location. I'll tell you why. Because when you do, it will automatically deliver to you your local station, your local events, your local contact information, and more. Again, GRNOnline.com. Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, You are the rock upon which I will build my church? St. Peter. And who is the current pope? Pope Francis. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Catholic Radio played a huge part in my life in helping me understand the faith. It was like one of the biggest things, and I still listen all the time. I have the bumper sticker on my viola case. People see it, and oh, Catholic Radio, it's the best thing ever. It changed my life. Catholic Radio is amazing. Please support Catholic Radio. It's just an amazing resource. So much you can learn there, so much inspiration to actually live out your faith. It's just incredible. I love Catholic Radio. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. If you have an old gas guzzler you want to get rid of, the Guadalupe Radio Network would love to have it. To donate it to us, you can either call 888-784-3476 or come by grnonline.com and click on Donate. Again, that's 888-784-3476 or come by grnonline.com and click on Donate. Even better, we'll come pick it up for you and give you a tax receipt so you can write it off. What a great way to help others and support the Guadalupe Radio Network. May God abundantly bless you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive Monday edition. I'm Joe McClain. A difficult topic today, uh, to be sure. Unequally yoked is uh, what we've been talking about. In the last segment of the program, I want to... Uh, specifically have Adrian Fonseca on to, uh, to talk about sort of like the, the, the answer to, to all of the difficulty of this topic, right? I mean, we're seeing the blue flu in Atlanta and there's, there's rumors that July 4th we could see a massive blue flu all across the United States. And if you don't know what the blue flu is, it's when police officers who can't, who do not have the privilege as you have, uh, brothers and sisters, you don't, you have the privilege of walking out in your job and protest and, and striking. You have that. Police don't have that. They're first responders. They don't have that. So they call in sick and they call in sick in big numbers. That's called the blue flu. We're seeing that in Atlanta. The police chief, the acting police chief, because the other guy, the other person quit. 
And so now the acting police chief has already admitted that this is the case. They're trying their best to do their jobs in spite of it all. And praise be to Jesus. Uh, we need to support our police officers, not defund them. Fund them. Help them. You want to change things for good? Then make sure that they have what they need, the resources, the training, and the support of our communities. And the blue flu is a big thing. And so we want to talk about the solution to some of these problems now, now that we've uh, I've laid the hammer to, uh, to sort of the more difficult parts of it. And uh, I want to talk to Adrian Fonseca for a reason. Uh, because Adrian is making a critical error in this stage of his life. Uh, a big, humongous error. Uh, Adrian uh, is... is uh, is leaving the show. What? And I think that's where the error is. At the, at the end. Of the, now you've been accepted. <laughs> you've been accepted as a, uh, a postulant. Is that the term? Uh, I'm a novitiate. A novitiate. Yeah. So, so postulant. Not a postulant becomes after you've made. So a vows. postulant is uh, someone who's approaching a, the religious community, uh, and you kind of live a period of postulancy, like a but, test, like a just a wait. Uh, it's kind of. To see well, what it's like. See, uh, that's what we call aspirancy. But so really, we called that we scared kind of, straight back in the nineties. <laughs> we kind yeah. of got rid of postulancy pretty much. Uh, so we really don't see, have. Where one. have I been? Yeah, the sisters still do it, uh, but the brothers got rid of it for some reason. So okay, so we you're don't joining have the Dominicans. It. So I'm going straight into uh, the novitiate. So I'll be a novice. You're joining the Dominicans. Now you're going to where? I'll be in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, for the first year. Mm-hmm. And then from there, after the first year, God willing, you'll go to, uh, to DC. Yes, sir. I'll be there for about six years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, is, so at the end of that journey, if it be God's will, is it that you're a professed Dominican brother or is it that you're a professed Dominican priest? So you, everyone will make a profession of, uh, final vows, which yeah. will be, uh, permanent vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience to evangelical councils. And then after that, um, then, uh, you will decide on whether or not they will ordain you a priest. Uh, the order of preachers, um, the Dominicans are, uh, majority, um, priest. So the, yeah, the likelihood is I will be ordained a priest. Uh, whereas like for instance, Franciscans, uh, they're more likely to be lay brothers because, um, Francis himself was never a priest. And so following the, um, the example of Francis, a lot of them are lay brothers, uh, professed uh, brothers, whereas Dominicans follow St. Dominic, who was a priest. And so a lot of us, uh, the vast majority of us are a priest. Mm-hmm. Why the Dominicans? Uh, for a number of reasons, uh, primarily the, the charism of the Dominican order of uh, preaching and teaching, uh, which would primarily, I would say, is um, to contemplate and share the fruits of the contemplation. So study and then go out and share what you've learned, share what uh, you've been contemplating to uh, bring souls to heaven. Uh, so I always tell people my uh, my goal in life is for me to get to heaven and to bring as many people with me. So um, and I think I can do that in the most full way with the Dominicans. You know, I have a philosophy of life, and that is Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is the only answer to every single problem that exists on planet Earth. And no amount of policy-making or worldly efforts will amount to the same uh, awesomeness that is the way, the truth, and life found in Jesus Christ. And it seems to me, and the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you, and I, why I think it ties into what we were discussing on this show so far, is because uh, in some ways I'm kind of jealous. You know, I came into the church. Uh, uh, somewhat begrudgingly because I asked uh, Michelle to marry me and she said, okay, you just got to go become a Catholic first. Easy peasy, right? You know, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was a Mason at the time. I was a Freemason at the time. So uh, definitely anti-Catholic in my uproots and my bringing, upbringing. And, and I had to uh, put all that aside in order to become Catholic, but I didn't 
che- I checked the box. I didn't believe in it. And so my journey is somewhat different. And I'm jealous in the sense that if I were your age, it seems to me that even if it wasn't God's will for me to become a Dominican priest, for instance, like yours, like your route that you're going down, that there was such great value in just in the pursuit of God's will and having that clarity. And the way I think that ties into our topic today is that is a lost art on 99.99% of humanity, whether they're Catholic or not. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think, um, I, well, I would like to make a distinction between um, clarity and a pursuit of God's will, because I don't think it's always clear uh, what God's will is in your life. Uh, because I think in certain cases it is obvious because for all, for one, we all know that there's a certain things that God wants, Ten Commandments for instance, and then we can look to see, uh, through the church teaching, the precepts of the church, obviously God wants these things in your life, uh, to avoid sin, to do good and avoid evil. Um, but then when it comes down to the details of discerning between two goods, um, that's whenever it's not always as, uh, clear. And so I, I think, uh, so it's obvious that, uh, some things, like if you have to discern what, should I riot today or should I not? Obviously the, uh, the answer is you should not riot because, um, that, that, that's not <laughs> you God's should will. Not riot. Yeah. That's an option? Like, like we, maybe not we usually. Should, not, not usually. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, uh, you know, we, there's so much that has been lost in society today. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just about uh, you know the penance that were imposed the Franciscan missions in California among baptized native peoples mm-hmm. once you were baptized they didn't chase you down if you weren't baptized you were free to come and go there was a lot of uh, strength in, you know in the, in the missions in the sense that they had community they, they they planted crops together they supported each other but once you were baptized the rules changed somewhat and the penance has became you know more real and stiff but the Franciscans flog themselves, as I said. And my point is, there's that now we fast forward all these years, right? So that was the, the latter part of the 18th century. Now, 2020, and you know, uh, three Hail Marys is my penance for confession. Right, absolutely. And and it's like we we cry about that. Th- all three, mm-hmm. Father, three. Like I'm supposed to pray three Hail Marys. I have things to do, Father. I'm right. I'm a busy person. You can't give me three. You know what I mean? It's like we, we've lost so much, and I think in particular, if humans pursued God's will mm-hmm. for the life in earnest, would we be given over to such uh, sways of rioting or injustice, or you know, or even looking across the the, the way at another human being who's a di- different color? born from a different place, and seeing them and somehow rationalizing in our brain that we can mistreat them or treat them in a certain way. Right. I think, and this is really unique to the Catholic sensibilities, because uh, we know, see right in Scripture, there's no Jew nor Greek. It's not, we don't care, race is not an issue. Like, people always talk about uh, this colorblindness, and like, uh, and saying, and now, uh, it used to be like, oh yeah, that's the goal, and now they're saying, oh, colorblindness is evil, you shouldn't be colorblind, and this and the other, but, you know, Catholicism is unique in the fact that it is colorblind. We don't care what yeah. your color of your skin is we yeah. don't care what your background is all we care about is what you believe and if you come into the faith mm. that's all we want we don't we don't care where you're from we just want you to believe in our lord and we want you to get saved we want you to go to heaven that's and it that's that's it that's, that's it that's it. all we care about yeah um so we don't care i don't care what you look like but it, what gets me is it's maybe it's not said this way and if i guess if a lot of catholics were to stop and think about it maybe they'd be like oh, i never thought about it that way before but it's it's as if they have they've just 
sanitize the faith to the point where there really isn't a heaven or a hell. There isn't a mm-hmm. there isn't an ultimate choice that has to be made, and the implications and the consequences of such a choice. It's like well, you know, like the whole reading of the uh, the Black Lives Matter webpage and about their uh, their ideology on uh, on destroying the family structure and implementing this transgender ideology. That that's their words, not mine. And uh, and there's there's implications to that, right? There's there is a downside that destroys the fabric of society itself. That is not in keeping with natural law. And yet many Catholics are like, oh, Joe, you're just, you know, they just love people and they just like people the way they are and you should just tolerate people the way they are. And it's like, that's not just. That's not charitable for those people. Those souls desire, deserve rather, they deserve an opportunity to come to a saving knowledge. God loves them so much that he would send evangelists to tell mm-hmm. them that God loves them. Well, the problem is it's a twofold problem and it's uh, within and have, Catholics and you society. you got a minute and a half to tell I us. I can do it. I can do it. The, the problem is a lack of Dominicans. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> A lack of is, Dominican, yeah. Okay. Well, to it's, which it's you Saint have a I actually yeah. agree with that. It's, no, it's St. Thomas, because the philosophy of St. Thomas has been forgotten, have been done away with. The pursuit of the natural law has been uh, eroded and destroyed. And so a seeking and raising up of Thomas again, and a raising up of Dominican spirituality, uh, that is really an answer to a lot of the problems that we have today, because yeah. that that philosophy, theology, that root of uh, spirituality of Thomas Aquinas uh, will save the West and the world, uh, bring it to uh, Christendom again. All right, we got about uh, 60 seconds left in the show, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to continue our conversation in the after show. So if you are listening via the radio, we're about to say goodbye to you. So praise be to Jesus. Thank you for being a part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. If you are hanging out with us on Facebook, Twitter, or on YouTube, you can find us on all three platforms just by searching for at GRN online. Uh, hang out with us. We hang out for about another 30 minutes or so discussing the topic of the program in a little bit more casual way. Uh, we call it the after show. So that's coming up at, on social media, which the Antifa document says that they must control. You know, so hopefully we'll, we'll have a conversation there. But otherwise, I encourage you to check out our website, grnonline.com, and be a more, uh, more, a, a more focused participant of the mission of the Guadalupe Radio Network. You make it possible for us to be on the air across the GRN. You make it possible for us to share the difficulty of these topics from a, uh, from a Catholic perspective. And you make it possible for us to fan the flame of the good, the true, and the beautiful, of Catholic awesomeness everywhere. And the GRN. Thank you for that. Go to uh, grnonline.com to get more focused and connected to us. Pray for us. There's a we're looking for rosary missionaries there at grnonline.com. And with that, uh, Teresa Kamara, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you, Joe. Tim Ma, thank you for doing the news. You're welcome. Uh, Adrian Fonseca, don't go anywhere. You're not allowed to leave yet. All right. And uh, David Magianis, thanks for doing our show producing today. And uh, all across the Guadalupe Radio Network, it's difficult days difficult days ahead. The answer is found in prayer, fasting, and doing acts of reparation. How worn out are your knees? Pray. Pray. And it's time for men to stand up. Ask your bishop and your priest to have supernatural courage. And fathers, husbands, men, follow suit. Let's defend the faith. God bless you. We'll see you in the after show. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828.
and take Jesus wherever you go this week. I'm Claudia Garza. I am an insurance agent with Farmers Insurance, serving West Houston and Katy. And I am a proud sponsor of this Guadalupe Radio Network station. Catholic Radio is truly food for my soul. I sponsor 1430 AM because I want to help evangelize. You can reach me at my office, 713-780-4841, 713-780-4841. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints.